Read in the bed in bed. Right, Amanda, what are we doing today? We're doing reading in bed, which is was, difficult to remember. We've just done another podcast. I know. Yeah, uh, it's going to be. You've had a very busy day on Zoom today, haven't you, Amanda? Really? Yeah, this is my third Zoom. Yeah. Now, you did. Um, what was the first thing you did this morning? Obviously, we, we've not done. I was on that one. So, what was that then? So that was like a sort of introduction type thing to something I've signed up for called 28 Plays Later, which is running in February. And they get people to sign up and there's two options. It's 28 players join February one a day. Well, there's like a timed one where you have to submit a play every day. And then there's like a, I think I call it a simile option. And that's the one I've signed up for where you're going to try and submit a play every day, but there's no sort of pressure to do it. So I could end up just like maybe doing 10, 10 plays. But I'm going to try and do as many as I can, but they're not going to be like big epic plays if you've got to get them done in a day. No, definitely won't be that one. Of course, anyway, for, we're, just to clarify, obviously now, we are doing reading in bed, aren't we, Amanda, today? Yeah. This is episode 50, I believe, as well, isn't it? I have no idea. Yeah, you think it really is, because the last one was 49, so we have about right that. God. And yeah, we're just, people want, yeah, people wonder what we did before. We just did, and that's which is out in two weeks' time, is story time episode number four. With either it's either with Andy and Amanda or Amanda and Andy, and I can never remember. Yeah, can't it, we it's Andy and Amanda on right. and all the other ones. That's what his label does. Who and Andy, Andy is always first, and Amanda's always first. We're winner, <laughs> but we do have a special guest in that one, Amanda. Don't mean two weeks time. Yeah, the infamous or the wonderful Steve Mingle. Check it out when it comes out. It's tremendously good fun. So, but anyway, this is reading the bed, and I'm sure it's episode number fifty. So what news do we have, Amanda? And we have news. We do, yeah. We've brought out a co-written book called Run Away With Me Again in Eight Words. Yeah, now, um, people are wondering, a couple of years ago, we did a book called Run Away With Me Again in... Oh, sorry, yeah, we'll start that again. A couple of years ago, Amanda, we did a book called Run Away With Me in Seven Words, didn't we, Amanda? And what was that yeah. book? And that had seven words in the title and in every single poem that was in the book. Yeah, and uh, all the poems are like, there was, what, 34 poems or something on that territory, weren't there? So seven, yeah. nine poems all linked together to make a longer narrative. So and it was there's a story behind that, but we've repeated it several times, so I'm not going to do it again today. But over the past 18 months or so, we've been attempting to do the sequel, haven't we, Amanda? Yeah, and that's 24 poems. Yeah, and that's eight line, eight line pieces. So that one took us a while to write that manuscript. Well. We had a couple of false starts on it, didn't we, really? Yeah, I think we wrote each job in lockdown, a big part of it. Yeah, well, we're pretty well been still in lockdown, technically, aren't we? So, yeah, no, I do agree. But that's now out. It's, oh, it's, it's, I'm really, really happy I'm, with it. I'm, I'm in self self imposed lockdown just because I don't like people. Nothing to do with the virus. <laughs> I'm 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 going to I've been batshit crazy for about four years now, so no difference to me. So right, check the book out, guys, because it's it's my, I'm really, really pleased with this book. It's a really, really good book, so and I'm delighted the way it's came out. So anyway, well, apart from that, I'm not looked too much really. I've got a few little ideas brewing. I think you've got things on the go, Amanda, haven't you, but Yeah, well, no... I've got the challenge I mentioned and I've yeah. got my usual writing work that I get paid for. Yeah, well, I'm seven and a half thousand words into the first novel now, so we'll see how we go with that. And I've got a couple of um, smaller poetry sequences on the go at the moment as well. So one I'm co-writing with somebody else, that's not Amanda, for once. And then um, something I've got on the go myself, I'm mapping out for Napoino National Poetry Writing Month in April. So we'll be talking about them more next month anyway. So, But anyway, then, first of all, of course, we are on reading in bed. What should we start with today, Amanda? I think we're going to start with a book that we read together. Yes, we are. Do you want me to say the name of the book, or would you like to say it? It's called The Raven Spell, and it's the first book in a series called Conspiracy of Magic by Luan G. Smith. Yeah, now, do you want me to read the blurb in this one, I wonder? Yeah. Okay, let's get the blurb in this one, then, is in Victorian England, a witch and a detective are on the hunt for a serial killer 
an enthralling novel of magic and murder by the Amazon Charles Washington Post best-selling author of The Vine Witch. After a near-fatal blow to the skull, traumatised private detective Ian Cameron is found dazed and confused on a muddy riverbank in Victorian London. Among his, his effects, a bloodstained business card bearing the name of a master wizard and a curious pocket watch does seem to tell time. To retrieve his lost memories, Ian demands answers from Edwina and Mary Blackwood, sister witches of the murky past. But as a secret is slowly unveiled, dangerous mystery emerges in the darkest streets of London. To help piece together Ian's lost time, he and Edwina abandon the journey and were taken from the River Foreshore to an East End music hall under a safe house for witches in need of sanctuary of Andrew Mortals. The clues they find suggest a link to an immersed series of gruesome murders, a missing persons case, and a dreadful suspicion that threatens to tear apart the bonds of sisterhood. As the investigation deepens, could Ed, Ian and Weena be the next to die? Ooh. Right. Shall I tell people how we found out about this book, though? Mm, yes, ladies first, and yes. So we get Prime Reads, which you're a member of Amazon Prime, and I'm not, so you get them for free and I get them for 99 pence. And we picked that as our book this month. It's not very much choice, really, is there, to be honest? Wasn't, 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 no. wasn't served for January. And it was like, um, sometimes it's easier than others when you get these, because sometimes you can pick up, they give you, what, seven or eight titles, don't they? And sometimes yeah. you can pick them up fairly, you can get pick one up fairly easily. But the fun bit is sometimes when the man that tells me, oh, I've gone for what I've gone and paid 99 pence, which it cost you for one this this time. Have a guess what I've gone for. And you usually this, guess it all. <laughs> yeah, I usually get it right. And I got it dead right. I knew straight away this was the one. So I went for it. So Yeah, but the blurb that I actually read was different to yours. If I'd seen the blurb that you just read out, I would have seen the mention of Fine Witch and I would have stayed away from this book. Because well, I've have you got the blurb there for you? What's, what's the differences in the blurb? I don't know about that. I don't know how I got my blurb, but it's completely different from yours. Oh, uh, well, it shows you then, isn't it? Sometimes yeah. these publishers, so... Well, I, got, I, got, I grabbed this on Amazon before, so that's really weird. That was yeah. straight away, so... Right, OK, um, as normal, normally reading in bed, Amanda, we normally do, like, strengths and weaknesses, don't we? This case... It's not give you a clue what we thought of the book. We're going to do just going straight into what we thought of the book. That the strengths and weaknesses merge together, aren't we, Amanda? Yeah. Would you like to start, Amanda? Okay, so I was about 20% into this book and I had a close look at it. And the author, I thought, I'm sure I've heard that name somewhere before. And I looked it up and I reviewed it on episode 23, which is The Dark Days, before we started putting it onto all the networks. And it was just on Mixcloud and Bandcamp. Oh, yeah. So... And I looked on Goodreads, and apparently I give it one star out of five. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, and dear. If I'd, if I'd recognised the connection and realised it was the same author, I probably wouldn't have paid 99 pence for this book. Yeah, well, for people are wondering, that does give a critical clue what we thought of this book, doesn't it, Amanda? Now, I'll say what I thought, first of all, with this, and I want to know your opinion on this as well. Um, the good, one really good thing about this book, and, and for Frank, there wasn't much good in this book, really, was the fact it was a fairly fairly short book, really, wasn't it? I think it was it 235 pages. Yeah. It felt oh, much God. longer than it was. Oh, God, it did, yeah, this one. Well... The two of the books I've done this month, I got through them fairly quickly. This one took me nearly four weeks to read, and it's only 235 pages. Did it take you a while to read this book, Amanda? About three weeks, I think it took. Yeah, again, it's, I was glad, really, it wasn't a four or five hundred page book because I would have dropped it. Yeah. To, to be fair, I think it probably would have taken me just over two weeks, but I had some issues with my Kindle, so you can't really blame that on the book. I just wasn't enjoying it. So <laughs> that was the trouble. I was trying to run most of my reading. People are wondering. I tend to normally do on the way to and from work because I've got a couple of bus journeys, and I can use sometimes get five or ten percent of a book read a day. More sometimes than this one. I was really struggling with it. And do you want to tell people what you didn't like about the book, Amanda? I'll comment on top of it. 
I just couldn't connect with the characters. There was one of the sisters that I preferred over the other. So that was Edwina, and then her sister Mary, she was, well, we'll go into that later. But I just wasn't particularly bothered about any of them, really. Yeah, it was a big, big problem I had with this book. And you, you said it was the characters. For me, the problem I had with this book was, it was good in a way that two major characters were both women. And I, I don't, you don't, I don't recall seeing lots of books like that, Amanda. Do you really know me? Two fit, no. two women lead. That was a nice change. Unfortunately, um, it, it was the movement. As well, it felt as well like a lot didn't happen. For a lot of the book, there was not much happening. And then there was an elf-type creature. And it just felt like, I know you're not a Harry Potter fan, but it just felt like a bad rip-off of Dobby from Harry Potter. I wouldn't have known that. I had to be honest, I wouldn't have known that at all. So problem I had with it, I think you're right, it was the book, it was the movement, wasn't it? And... Do you, what do you mean when I say movement, Amanda? Do you mean that it wasn't the pacing, was it? No, it's it, no progression. No progression. That was the big, big problem of it. And the dialogue in it was pretty tedious in places, I have I to think be honest. It, it was the last 20% where everything seemed to happen, so the book got better, but it still wasn't you know, fantastic at that point. Yeah. It was it, like, you know, well, finally, at least, you know, something's happening now. Yeah, it was... Wasn't very good. It wasn't very good at all, to honest you. I felt as well there was um there was a lot of quite a lot of bad referencing to London in the 1890s and this as well there was. And uh, it was bizarre because I've not checked where the writers actually come from, but somebody has either not done bad research in this book or bad editing, you decide. Because there was a character in it called um Sir Henry Elford. Do you remember him? Vaguely. Well, they kept calling somebody, it was an insistence to keep calling to Henry Elfort, Henry Elfort throughout the book. When really back in those days, it had been Sir Elfort, not Sir Henry. And I thought to myself, that was really, it jarred quite badly, that did. Yeah. And it was a shame, really, because I felt the first 30 odd pages of the book weren't bad at all. And I felt it could have gone somewhere. But it, I mean, it was incredibly flawed. So. Can you remember what you hated about the writer's previous book, Amanda, to give it one out of ten or one out of five? Well, good I reads. couldn't really go back and listen to episode 23 because before we started doing this on Zoom and putting it onto Anchor, which puts it on all the other networks, it was probably muffled back on Mixcloud. So I just couldn't really sit through it and like hear what I said about it originally. And I think I've deleted my notes. Yeah, it's fair enough then. So I'm definitely I'm definitely gonna remember the author's name this time, but I've got an awful feeling I might have another book on my Kindle buyer. Oops, oops. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's not good. That is seriously not good if that's the case. If I find so, it, I'll delete it. <laughs> I think you might be deleting that rather quickly in the case, isn't it? So oh dear, I didn't I didn't know about you had one there. Is there anything else you want to comment about this book, Amanda, really? Because Yes, yeah, so I'm going to have to go into spoilers here. So we're going into a spoiler zone now. If anybody still thinks that they want to read this book, then stop listening for a minute. Um, it's the last 20% of the book, like I said, where all the actions seemed to happen and things got better, even though it wasn't by much. But I think it just lacked plausibility. So the sister, Mary, her motives for what she did, it just felt really unrealistic and it just seemed to boil down to the fact that she did everything that she did just because she liked getting laid. Oh, God. Well, that's a really <laughs> bad cliche, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the uh, 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 sort of language that she used, it's like, I mean, uh, I'm not I'm not approved of anything, but I think back then it was, people were more sort of like less promiscuous I think or well, at least that's the impression that you get if you look back at that time and she, it just seemed really crude the way she was talking and it didn't really fit in with that time Yeah, that's what I was saying before Like, if people want to check this book out was it felt there was a lot of it the research was out, was out on it and it just didn't seem like it was in I don't know, you understand me man it just didn't seem, it didn't jar, jar on me at all like it was, yeah you're right I think it was just, it felt out didn't it constantly yeah. No, that's why. So, yeah, he just, I don't know, Tavassi's just badly researched or there's something not right with it all along. But anyway, so yeah, I do agree with you completely. I think it just didn't connect to me at all. But I felt it was 
quite badly wrote down yeah. a few places. So. Yeah, I just don't know how she's managed to get so many books out and get published. But... Yeah, it's, I don't like going to full rants against writers' stands and stuff, but this one, it jarred me quite a lot in places it did so. But again, it was like, we're, I've read worse and that's scary. <laughs> that's why, yeah. so. Is there anything else we need to bring up facts, Buckland? Um, there's nothing else I've got to say about it, so unless there's anything you want to say. No, it's, you've covered all my notes in it, really, at all, completely, you have, so. Like I said, so, we'll just have to go into the marking, aren't we, Amanda, and that being the case? Yeah. Okay, that being the case, then, Amanda, what are you going to give this out of ten? I'm going to give it five out of ten. I'm going to give this zero. Oh. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not that cruel. I'm not that cruel. I've never once given reading any reading in bed books zero. What's you have, you time? have, you have, What's haven't you? First time for everything. You have, I'm sure of it. People yeah, would work sure back yeah. I'm sure there was a book you did some years ago where you actually um, declined to actually name the actual author's name. Yeah. And I'm sure that my mum was correct. That was zero out of ten. You banned it up to forty pages, so. So, anyway, well, what do you reckon I'm going to give this out of 10, Amanda? Um, not very high. It's something low. Four. Four again. Yeah. I said it was just, pardon me, I just didn't enjoy it talking. I felt it was, if it had been such a short book, it would have got abandoned after 70 or 80 pages, which is a shame, really, because it got off to a fair start. It happens, doesn't it? So. Yeah. So, right, anyway, guys and girls, that's the end of part one. When we come back, it is my first solo book of the month. Do you want any hints? Yeah, give us a clue. Mine's got pie. My old man's about pie. Mm, I like pie. Not the sort of pie you don't. <laughs> well, it's not uh, American pie, is it? <laughs> no, it's, no, it's not. Mine's, mine's, mine's in India, right? Yeah. And it was a very, very successful film a couple of years ago as well. So, anyway. Should we get go call it quits, Amanda? Okay. Hey, what's the word then? See you in a second. See, see also. Read in bed and bed. Welcome back to Reading in Bed with me, Amanda Nicholson. And Andy Ann. What do you want to know first of all today, Amanda? So what's the title of the book and who is it by? The book is called Life of P.I., or Pi, Life of Pi, nearly. Yeah. And it's wrote by Jan Martel. Yeah. So do you want to read the blurb? Yes, I will. Okay, the blurb is, it's a very, very, very short book. Very, very, no, it wasn't a short book. A very short blurb, anyway. One boy, one boat, one tiger. After the tragic sinking of a cargo ship, a solitary lifeboat remains bobbing on the wild blue Pacific. The only survivors in the wreck of a 16 year old boy named P.I. A hyena, a zebra with a broken leg, a female orangutan, and a 450 pound Royal Bengal tiger. The scene is set for the most extraordinary and best loved works of fiction in recent years. Okay, so this is quite an old book, isn't it? Oh, I've got I've got hand on it. It is a few years old, that's for sure. Yeah. So, what made you pick up this book now then to read? Well, it's worth knowing this one. I've had it in the bookcase for about six months. This one, um, long story short, bit when before me and Amanda got married last year, we were over in Sale looking where we were going to get married, and there was um, I think it's still there actually in South Manchester. There was a free second-hand bookshop. And I came across this book, and I've not seen the film, but it had on the front of it um, that Martel, the writer, writes like a more compassionate Paul Austin. Okay. So is that a clue for you, Amanda, there? Yeah. That's why. So I could see the comparisons with Austin in this one, in particular with his wonderful short novel, to Chumbacca, which is about dogs, if I remember it correct. So, but this is a strange book. Really, really strange book. So I've not seen the film, but I think a lot of it's just stood out in the water, aren't they, a lot of times? Mm. So there's minimal characters, isn't there? Just oh, yeah. In the tiger. Yeah, oh, well, in the, I, I, 
in the book, there's quite a load of them. <laughs> I said all Whoa. the hyena, a zebra, a broken leg, female orangutan, and the tiger. But the tiger's one everyone always remembers. Oh, put it, to put it bluntly, if I woke up in a boat with all those animals there, including a 450 pound... <laughs> you would be in the water and you'd be swimming away. I'd <laughs> see you. <laughs> I certainly wouldn't would have sat there with a 450 pound Royal Bengal tiger. No, not particularly. That's why, but it's... It was... What caught me out with this book really was in the film, and I've not, again, I can't comment, I'm not seeing the film, is it's meant to be... I was under the impression you know, you're going to see him in the boat fairly quickly, and it wasn't. There was a lot of build up into this was into the into it. Uh, the fact before you got to it, I think it was about the halfway stage, maybe two thirds into the book, before you actually got to the boat scene. Oh, okay. And but the book itself, in the first part of it, certainly, it's he had a really PI'd made character. He thinks about things in a very unusual way, should we say, where. A fellow good reader, reader said, and I'll read out the quote to you this one. It, is it a story that will make you believe in God as PI claims? And they then put, I'm not sure if I'd go that far, but I recommend it to people enjoy thinking about the nature of reality and the role of faith in our lives. It was really, the first part of the book was all about his lack of self-belief and his lack of faith. Yeah. It, was, it felt like the writer put a lot of himself into that character. It was it was really surprising, to be honest, if you know what I mean with that. So, yeah, because the narrative of you know, like you read a book, let me ask you mind your question this when you read a book, do you like it, say, to go A to B and C to D? That sort of straightforward narrative. Um, it depends on the book, really. This one jumps all over the time zones again, where it's like, yeah, I think, I think it depends on the writing, it has to be done well, whichever way you do it. In. This was a tricky book, this one. It, I've, it was not an easy book to read because of the time zones in it and it very, very philosophy-based as well. And I think they said there's 400 odd pages in it. And there was like, what? There's a couple hundred chapters in the book there was. So it was something like about two, I can't remember many chapters are in it. I've not got the book to hand. It was something like about two, over 200 chapters there was. And the first half of the book, it was basically one page chapters. Yeah. So you can imagine, well, that's it. It does does make things a bit different, really, doesn't it? So that's yeah, why. Well, I know there are some books out there that have really short chapters. I know I've, I read about one that I think had like a one paragraph chapter. I can't tell you what it is because I can't remember. <laughs> Yikes! That's 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 hard work. That one straight away yeah. doing that. God, this wasn't as bad as that, but it was very. Um, the first half of the book was very very theology. Uh, for going like. Theologically, a lot yeah. and zoology as well, which is not a topic I knew a lot about, and it's definitely not for everybody. But it was a book that made me think, and that's probably the best way to put it. And that so, like, it was how do you feel about Amanda then? Because um, there's a few bits I've got to talk about and spoilers in a minute. How do you feel about Amanda here? The bit that seemed to put people off a bit was a bit about how do you control a wild tiger in your boat when you wake up during this. Oh, yeah, that's that's a useful thing to know. <laughs> yeah, it's completely unbelievable, to be honest, of course. But I think that's in some ways, I think it's pretty, you know, what I mean, it's, it's part of the charm of the book, isn't it? Really, I suppose. Yeah, it just, it just I suppose, completely I suppose you say to it, there's enough of an animal over there with a broken leg. When that dies, pops its clogs, it'll taste so much tasty in the mind. Do you want to wait and eat that instead? <laughs> oh, completely, completely with that one. Now, it's do you want me to go into witnesses now for this one? Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's two scenarios at the end of the book. We give you two endings, really. And it's a bit off-putting. It's almost like the writer trying to encourage you to which one you want to read. And this works, really, in the Paul Oster book, Paul Oster book, 4321, which you ended up with four different lives and four different endings, which I felt worked better. But it was interesting, this anyway. So now I'm going to head into spoiler territory, OK? So you want to, you want to tell Amanda... About the two endings. Yeah. The endings, being in either PI's viewpoint or either meant to believe, the tiger adventure happened, or in the alternative version, the cannibalism and watching his family die in the boat. Oh, very cheerful. Yeah, I don't know if, I don't know if the films have got the guts to go and do that, but it's like I said before, because of the pacing of the book, this book is really isn't for everybody. 
There's no way getting now. Uh, this is not. I couldn't. I, I couldn't recommend this to everybody. Okay, it's a difficult, difficult book. And if I'm honest, love it. It took me three attempts to read it. I, str- yeah. I had a couple of attempts. I struggled with it, and I put it down and started again. But I got into it when I got into the right frame of mind. So then I enjoyed it. But it's one you got. I think you're patient with. Does that, does that make sense? Does it? Yeah. Like, have you heard books like that, Mandy, where you've actually put it down and tried again a couple months later? Oh, I probably have. I just can't remember which ones you have. Top of my head. <laughs> right, so that was a good book. Good book, but it was a difficult book. It's, it's a worthy book, probably more than I actually really enjoyed it, this book. It's a recommendation still. So. What do you reckon I'm going to mark it? I think it's going to be about an eight or a nine. It's an eight. It's an eight because it's worth it's worth a read, but be patient with it. And if you don't, if you, and anybody that doesn't like anyone's got an interest in doesn't like cannibalism, I wouldn't be reading this book at the end of it either. No. Oh, I love cannibalism. It's really good when you don't have anything for your Sunday dinner. <laughs> no comment now, right? So, right, guys. Okay, that's all I'm going to say about that. So this gets eight out of ten. Okay, so right, Amanda. It's your turn next. You're next. Give give us a hint. I'm not going to give you a hint. I'm just going to tell you when we come back. Naughty. Naughty. (laughs) See you on a minute then. Stay. Bye, Amanda. Bye. Reading and reading and bed. Guys, yes. Part three. Episode, I hope it's number 50, of Reading in Bed. I am Andy Nick, Andy N. And I'm Amanda Nicholson. Okay. I have no idea what this book is Amanda's going to read. It's called, so surprise me. It's called Mr. Jones, and it's by Alex Wolfe. Uh, do you want me to read the blurb? Yes, please. Ben hears noises in his basement and witnesses weird goings-on in his local park. His eight-year-old daughter, Imogen, starts receiving messages from someone claiming to be a missing mother. And then there is Mr Jones, the man who haunts the imaginations of the children at Imogen's school. But they're just stories, surely. Ben soon develops a creepy suspicion that someone is out to kidnap his daughter. Are his fears that avail or result of his own stress-induced paranoia? Alex Wolf's psychological thriller explores loss of fear and an overwhelming desire to keep those we love safe from harm. Well, this this sounds an interesting book straight away. What made you want to go read this book, Amanda? This was another pigeonhole book. I was, I was wondering if it was. That's why I have a second in a pigeonhole book. So, so what drew you to this book then? It'd be in a pigeonhole. I think the uh, blurb did. It sounded very good. Yeah, it's very, <laughs> yeah, just, very... Just my sort of thing. <laughs> very you. That's a definite of it, so that I don't disagree with. So that been the case, then. Okay. It's, I can see see why I can see why you, you were true to this book, but certainly. So anyway, so we'll let you carry on then, okay? Tell people then what your strengths of the book were. So it was, it was a very strange book. And, like, as you read along, you can see all people's comments. I and mean, we're all in the same boat, really. It's just, like, nobody really understood what was going on. But I think that worked really well in the book. And it sort of dragged you into the characters in paranoia and trying to figure out if this is really happening or is he actually imagining it or is there somebody out there kidnapping the children and what's going on? Yeah, so it yeah. felt like you were trapped in a fever dream in some ways. Yeah, it does sound a bit like that. Now, I've got to ask you, though, obviously, because uh, I, I know we're repeating ourselves a bit here, but for anybody that doesn't know Pigeonhole, what is Pigeonhole? Before we carry on. So it's there's a few websites like that out there, but it's like um, where authors can get their book promoted on there so that readers will read it for free. Usually over 10 days, you'll read a bit every day. And then like, hopefully you'll review it. Like, I'm reviewing it here on the podcast. Yeah. So what's this ten over 10 days then, was it? Yeah. So it started just before Christmas. And the interesting thing about it was it finished a few days after Christmas. And that's when I was coming down with COVID. And you get COVID brain and everything's a bit weird anyway. So it, I think it added to that. The paranoia worked really well with like COVID and the book and just 
put my mind in the right frame for it. Yeah. So I recommend that you get COVID before you go out and read the book. No, it sounds like it was a... Do you reckon you would you would have reacted to this book differently if you had COVID, if I'm honest? Um, it was only the last couple of staves, the column staves that you read every day, where I got it. So it was just like, as you're finishing off, and it just, I think it added something to it, but I was already enjoying the book anyway. I just didn't have a clue what was going on, but I was enjoying it. <laughs> fair, fair play then. Okay, then, tell us about the main character. The main characters is a very strange, not your typical sort of hero character. It was just... It felt very withdrawn and the kind of person who you'd actually think would be someone like when he comes out in the news, if he's done something, you'd go, oh, yeah, you always thought there was something strange about him. I'm not going to tell you whether he was the bad guy in the story or not. You have to read the book and find that out for yeah. yourself. No, of course. Okay, um, what was the rest of the cast like then? Was, the, was it a good solid backing cast, was it? Um, there was the daughter, but and then there was um, a few other backing cast, but he was the main person and... They were just all the people around him, but they were, I think they were well written. And the good thing was, it was really descriptive as well. And it didn't help with my how screamish I'm about centipedes, because there's quite a few um, descriptions in there of like centipedes and one crawling out of this doll's eye. And uh, I don't really like them very much. Yeah, <laughs> it does, it does sound a bit. Kind of a bit um, unorthodox. That's one way of putting it, isn't it? So, yeah, I get your mean job. Um, okay, over the thing with some of you find these in pigeonhole boxes, I just I want to know about this one. Is sometimes when you read them, you can't wait for the following day. Did this book actually transcribe well to the serial sort of thing it was doing? Yeah, yeah, I was definitely looking forward to it because I was thinking, oh, I've got to read tomorrow's. Is that I don't know what's happening. It's like, is it is he a bad guy? Who's this, Mister Jones? What's going on? Yeah, no, that's fine. So it's like a good pacing. So was there anything you didn't really like about this book? No, I don't think so. I can see why people might not like it, because if you if you like reading something and you like to be able to guess what's going on, this isn't really going to be the book for you, because I don't think there's any real way you can actually guess the outcome of it. There's yeah, too no. many bits and pieces all tied together. No, I agree with you completely. I sound like a definite sort of book, so... No, good. It's a good sound. Was there anything else you didn't really like about this book? No, no. I've got nothing else to say about it. Okay. We'll let you move on then, haven't we? Yeah. So Give us the marking. I, I suspect this would be a good mark, this one, I reckon. Yeah, it was probably one of the creepiest books I've read in a while. So that's why I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10. Oh! So is that one of the best... Um, books you've read off Pigeonhole then, is it? Um, if you give it a 10 out of 10, it must have been, yeah. Yeah, I think I might have given some others either 9 or 10. I don't know if it's the best, but it's definitely the creepiest, because it's, re it's really hard to find an actual creepy book. Yeah. No, it sounded like this really was a creepy book to you then, basically, wasn't it? So, yeah. God. It's a good, good. Good. Good to me, love. So, right, well, I'm pleased to hear my Amanda enjoyed her book then. Right, okay. Who's next? You're next. I'm next. See you on two minutes. Say bye, Amanda. Bye. Reading and reading in bed. Reading and reading in bed. Welcome back to Reading in Bed with me, Amanda Nicholson, and. Amanda Nicholson. <laughs> yeah, there's two of us. Yeah, two Amandas now. No, Andy, of course, Andy. Right. Okay. This is my second solo book of the month, and this one's actually a graphical novel this time, because kudos to my sister for this one, get this for Christmas for me, so I've been waiting for this to read it for a bit now. What do you want to know, Amanda? The title and the author. Right, authors, this one, author and artist, okay? This is in the Reckless series, it's book number three, Destroy All Monsters, by Ed Bruckenbender and Sean Phillips. Okay, so does it have a blurb? Yes, it does, and a very short blurb as well, okay. Uh, Best-selling crime noir masters, Ed Brookenbender and Sean Phillips, bring us a new original graphical novel starring troublemaker the hire, Effen Reckless. It is 1988, and Effen has been hired for his strangest case yet, finding the secrets of Los Angeles' real straight mogul, 
How hard could that be, Ryan? Only when the deep dive into the life of a stranger will soon take a deadly turn and Effen finds himself risking everything that still matters to him. So, did you say that you've read some in the service before? In this? Yeah, this is the third one, actually. It came out in October last year. And uh, like, it just shows you, Amanda, how disciplined you can be sometimes, because I knew this was coming out, and I wanted to get I want my sister got it for me for Christmas. And I held off and buying it. I held off and going to the shop, sneaking in to read bits of it. No spoilers, mm. and I just read it, read, it, read it when I got it. So, I read it when we got back straight after Bradford and Christmas time when we both went down with COVID, so... Yeah. What do you want me to go on that first? Um, we'll go about the strengths first. Yeah, it's it's interesting this really because I you think really when you, these are like hundred and forty page graphical novels, and the, the basic the author and the artist and the artist's son who did the coloring. This is the third they did in a year. You think which is pretty bloody good going really, isn't it? Because they're all hundred and forty page books. I mean, they're like short novels, aren't they, really? So, Yeah. So would you say this is better or worse than the others? Mm, this, uh, this one is very different, I think, to be honest it's What it is, is the first two were much more action-packed, almost like the Rockford Files. This is much more character-building, because based on this one, you end up seeing what you start to meet his sidekick more, a much younger girl, but Anna, no hints of anything going on between them, just friends. And it seemed to focus on her in this one more, it did. And it was a bit of a change in gears in the first two books, which was definitely more action-packed. And that is, and it looked into the relationship between the two friends. Do you want to tell you, about, tell you a bit about the case in this one? We're going to spoilers. Yeah. Yeah, the case in this one was with Perrin and getting drawn back together on a case after having a big bust-up they get in the book, on a case in a councilman who wants Ethan to destroy the life of a rival of his who betrayed his, that his father and destroyed his dream. Ethan gets Anna into his case, and, the, and this helps get the pair and get a bit closer for some time. And then the action that built up in the third one. And, yeah, it changed, because um, the first two books were very nihilistic with the main character, very almost selfish and self-centred. And it's like, there was a big noir feel to the first two books. This moved to something different. It was, was certainly by the big tease that came at the end of the book, which I'm not going to reveal. That says to me that the next couple of books in a series of the character are, are not going to be, shall we say, lighter. They're going to get nasty. Really, really nasty. Okay. So what were the characters like then? Were they believable in the story? Yeah. Yes, the work. It's the workers. It's very like... It's like set, it's set, it was set in 88, and the major character was supposed to be 40. So... You could feel like he was almost happy. He grew up the main character, Ethan Reckless. And this, this is the third book, and it's jumped forward about four years again. The first book was borderline, leaving the 70s, and he wasn't. He felt like as a, character, a man that was out of place in a world that was moving on beyond him. And the girl in it, like I said, she's probably in the mid-20s, I reckon. So it was like, yeah, the characters are pretty solid because they, they both worked in a, like, a very old-fashioned little cinema, basically. And it was like, it had that sort of cool factor behind it where, yeah, it seemed, did seem to work. And I thought the main two characters were really good. No complaints, sir. Okay, so is there anything else that you want to say positive before you move on to any weaknesses? No, there's not really. Because I've read, I've read, you want a weakness? Yeah. I think this book's a bit of an audience splitter because it's, I've seen um, a few reviews grumbling about this book. And this is a little, a little middling, perhaps the lack of action in the book. I think sometimes when you get graphical novels, it's the movement, isn't it? So with novels, you know, I said before in the first book we reviewed today, sometimes you've got to be able, books have got to be able to keep moving along. And not as the action. There was, um, comics is often the fact that it's the fight scenes all the time. But this wasn't that sort of book. It was more character, more, much more mystery-based. So it moved, the, the move, movement was different. And it, if you're a traditional comic lover, it might struggle a bit with this one because this it certainly is not an action-packed graphical novel. And I think it's a bit, it could be a bit of an audience split as well because of the tone of the book. And I think the hint at the end of the book towards certain characters' final fate, I think it's going to annoy a few people because it came up, you know what I mean, right at the end of it, out of nowhere. Yeah. 
I felt to myself, that's going to annoy people because if you go around threatening something nasty to one of the main characters that hadn't come up before and then says something along the lines of, well, I'm not ready to talk about that yet. And I thought to myself, oh, don't do that third booking. Yeah. <laughs> that's why. But no, it's not major. It wasn't major. I really enjoyed it. Tremendous fun. Okay, so do you want to give it a mark out of 10? Yes, I do. What do you reckon I'm going to give this? I think it's going to be a recommendation. It's a nine. A nine aspect. Very, very good it was. Possibly my favourite of the three so far. So the fourth one's due out in April. So ironically, just in time for my birthday. Is that a hint? <laughs> no, I'll probably, I'll probably give it a blast. I'll have a word of summary to get it for me, OK? No danger in that one, OK? So, so right, OK, Amanda. That's me all done. OK. So do you want yeah. a hint for my book? In the are, you gonna, are you going to bother giving me a hint, Sam? Yeah. Oh, wow, what big teeth you have. Stop, <laughs> stop talking about me like that. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say, right? We'll see you in a minute, OK? Say bye, Amanda. Bye. Read in a bed. Read in a bed. Part five. Reading in bed. Episode number 50. She is Amanda Nicholson. And you are Andy N. Correct. Now, we're on to Amanda's third and final book of the month. Fine. Let's hope this, let's see if she gives a big finale. Yeah. Over to you, Amanda. What's the book and who is it wrote by? It's called Such Big Teeth, and it's the second book in the Darkwood series by Gabby Hutchinson Crouch. I mean, didn't you review the first one of this last month for my imagining yeah. things? Yeah. Oh, good title straight away. Anyway, right, give us the blow. Okay. The battle of nearby villages over, and deep in the dark wood, Gretel and her friends journey into the hostile mountains of the north, seeking new allies in their fight against huntsmen. There they find Gild the Bear Witch, along with a werewolf named Scarlet and a winged man named Hex. Meanwhile, Hansel and Daisy set off on a dangerous trip of their own to the Citadel, where they end up in the middle of a political battle for the future of the whole country. Can Gretel and her friends persuade Guild to join forces, or at least stop fighting them at every step? Can Hansel find a way to heal the land's divisions and make the huntsmen change their ways before disaster strikes them all? And how did Trevor the Spider get hold of a wig? Discover the answers to all these questions and more in such big teeth. Venture into the dark world in this modern fairy tale that will bewitch adults and younger children alike. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Right, okay. With this, obviously, Manda, that's a bit of sequel to a previous book. Then. How, tell us about them, first of all. Then. I don't want to start comparing books. Tell us about then the journey of this book. Did it follow straight on from the first book? I think there was a set amount of time, but it wasn't much. And obviously the stakes have been raised. So, like, they defeated the enemy in the first book, but it was only sort of a temporary defeat. And now they've come back stronger and they've got even more problems now. Yeah, no, it feels like it straight away. It sounds like it's, it's a case of... Am I right in thinking the first book set the scene? And obviously you said before, the second book whoops the ante, basically, doesn't it? Yeah. So how does it compare this book then? So it carried on from it, and this is this is gonna go into the bad points a little bit as well now, because in the first book it was described as LGBT and I didn't really see it because there was nothing really that suggested that to me unless I was missing it. This one there's two relationships. There's well, there's three actually. There's a heterosexual relationship, and then there's a possible lesbian relationship and the beginning of a gay relationship. But the problem I had with it is that the heterosexual relationship feels like there was a build-up to it and it feels believable. The other two just seem to come out of nowhere and don't really have a build-up other than just to be able to say, look, this is an LGBT, LGBT book. Yeah, now I'm getting complete of it, so... It sounded like a bit of a tricky, tricky minefield they were playing into there, then, basically, wasn't yeah. it, straight away? I feel so. like the author, she's not, she's not very good at writing those kinds of relationships. She should either not write them, or she should have had somebody help her with it, or perhaps get a sensitivity reader, rather than just put them in like that out of nowhere. 
Yeah, no, it, just, it just doesn't. It needs developing, I think. Yeah, it sounds like it straight away to me in that one. So, oh. how how did this was this problem as as evident in the first book? No, there was sort of the first signs of the heterosexual relationship between I think the fourteen year old Hansel and the girl who's the same age. And obviously that's going to be more innocent anyway. And it's a children's book, so it's never going to go into, like, you know, too much detail. But it's just, the other ones, just, there was no hint of it at all. I was confused when it was described as being LGBT. Yeah, no, I get it completely. It's, oh, dear, dear, dear. No, because you get it spread out. And what's the pace of the second book, Madam? Was it quite, was it a, did you think it was a better book in some ways or? Yeah, so there was like two ongoing storylines are part of the same thing. So they're both sort of working towards the same thing to defeat the Huntsmen. But Hansel and Gretel, who were the twin brother and sister, they've gone their separate ways for different reasons I won't go into. And Hansel's in one place doing his own thing, trying to get support so he can defeat the Huntsmen and get support for the witches. And Gretel's with her friends doing a different thing. So it switches between the two. So, like, one minute you're reading and then it just goes on to the next chapter. So then if you want to find out how it got left off with the last person, you've got to read through that chapter and then wait for the next chapter. Yeah, yeah. And I get you completely about So, oh, cool. How, was, it quite, was it quite a long book, this one, was it? Was it I know you've got this, actually, as a paperback, haven't you? Yeah, I think there are only a couple of hundred words, a couple of hundred pages. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> God, that, that's, a, that's a short <laughs> book, isn't it? Yeah, I know. I'd be very disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> God, I would be very disappointed <laughs> in that one as well. God, yeah. So the couple stand a couple hundred pages, and basically, was it just to clarify? Then, basically, was it? Yeah, pages, definitely pages, definitely pages. That one. So, how did it? Did it? Was it quite a quick book for you to read? This one, or did it cause you any problems? I think I read a little bit every day, and I got it over in a couple of weeks. But that's just because I didn't have time to read a lot of it. But it was easy enough to read. The only other thing that I... I don't know if it was supposed to be funny, but it got a bit annoying after a while, is Hansel's supposed to be, like, one of the most powerful witches in the book. And mm. he's got so much power, he, like, has to, like, actively control it and stop it from coming out and destroying everything around him. And he also seems to be, like, the more, the physical... Uh, sort of mentally the weakest character and he's always crying or getting stressed about something oh god yeah that would get my and it's like I know there's like a lot of strong female characters in it and that's good I don't think you really have to like tear like the male characters down and make them look like all weak and have them crying and getting stressed about something to like build the female characters up I think you can have both you can have strong female and male characters in it yeah yeah no no great that's interesting so um now I know, obviously, there's a, there's three books in the series, isn't there? Yeah. Are you going to read the third book? Well, I've got the third book, so I'm going to read it. I can't remember what it's called at the moment, but... Yeah. It, it's in this flat. So in, it, oh, in, this, <laughs> in, our, in our flat, you mean? In our flat yeah. somewhere, yeah. Do you think that... <laughs> I haven't researched this properly. Is it just going to be a trilogy, or do you think there'll be four books in it and more in? I think I think it's a trilogy. I know there's another book she's got out that I don't think has anything to do with this, but it doesn't look as good as this series. Yeah, yeah, and I suppose that's the way it goes sometimes, some things, isn't it? So I'll get it completely. So, okay, then. Is there anything else you need to mention about this book, Amanda, before we conclude? No, I think that's it. Okay, then. That been the case, then? What are you going to mark it? I'm going to give it nine out of ten. Ooh, 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 another strong reading in bed recommendation. Yeah. See, we're not bad month this month, Amanda, really, have we? So the book no. that we did together, we both hated, but the other two books we really enjoyed. So, so <laughs> but it goes that way so sometimes. Right, okay, Amanda, to conclude with today, then, is there anything you want to give us a hint about what you're reading at the moment for next month? Yes, so I got a lovely book from my dad, actually, for Christmas that I'd asked for, called Men Explain Things to Me and Other Essays. Yeah, I get a feeling my dad was trying to tell you something there, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I did, ask, I, I did give a list of possible books, and he chose that one out of it. So. Oh, God knows, no, my, my dad is all I'm going to say. So. Okay, um, is there any other books you're reading? Or is that just that one at the moment, is it? 
There's one I've signed up for, which is a pigeonhole, which I can't remember what it's called, but I'm very excited to read it. Cool. Now, I'm, I'm currently reading 15% into the moment on a book called Geek Love. And I think it's by Catherine Donovan, if memory's correct. And then somebody recommended this to me last month, last month or two, so I'm on that at the minute. And also... Still carrying on with my Paul Oster book, if anyone's wondering, Burning Boy, his biography of Stephen Crane. And the good thing about that is if anybody burgles us, we can fight off the burglar with it, because yes. it's quite hefty, isn't it? It's 850 pages long. <laughs> so I've read 300 pages as long. I very much doubt that I'll be ready for next month. But it'll get over it. It's probably going to be the April episode, more of that. And when that one's done, I want to... I'm going to be reviewing as well. Nothing to hide in this one. I will be reviewing one of Stephen Crane's books as well. Probably Mackie from the Streets, because that's what does sound quite interesting in that one. So those will be in the future. I said, we've also been looking at, me and you, and I've I've started, I don't think you've started it yet, the um, Richard McLean Smith book, haven't we, Amanda? I can't remember. Yeah, that's the Unexplained book, okay? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's done his book called The Unexplained, which is like 10 cases of that have not been on this podcast the podcast is excellent, really is an excellent podcast. Not a time to get into that yet. That probably more April, I reckon, probably Mandra again, probably won't take yeah. it. It's quite, it's quite hefty. So, um, I do know out in February, um, the next Nowhere Man book's out as well. I guess that's due out in a week and a half's time. So, so when that, uh, that arrives, I drop everything and go straight onto the Nowhere Man book. <laughs> that's not a surprise. No, no. So that won't be coming up as well. So, Anyway, guys and girls, well, that's all I've got to say. And that's all I've got to say. Well, see you next <laughs> time then. See you for hopefully episode 51 then in March. Stay safe and stay over. As Don Calla says, unspoken label. Like I said, that's a quote for him. So say bye, Amanda. Bye. See, see you all next time. Wave at the camera, Amanda, madly. I am, but nobody can see me. I know. We'll see you all soon, okay? Bye. Reading in bed. 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 Reading in b